welcome to Two Worlds Collide, a podcast brought to you by Coach B and Coach Needs, where we talk about anything and everything health, nutrition, mindset, body, and fitness. We won't always agree on things, but we're here to bring you different perspectives so you can form your own. Thank you for tuning in. Let's get started with today's episode. Well, hello, hello Brandy. How's it going? It's going well. How are you? Um, I'm okay. I think just before we hit record, I was about to start saying something. I was like, no, 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 we have to wait. We have to record first because it would be a good thing to talk about. Um, I, I think like, I feel great in terms of like my outlook on things and like how I, you know, what's going on, but I'm tired. My body is fucking tired. Uh, we had daylight savings here last week, so we put the clock forward an hour. Oh, no, forward, forward, okay. forward, forward. Because okay. it's spring. We're in spring now. Oh, we're that's meant, right. Well, yeah, we spring ahead well, and fall back. <laughs> we're meant to be in spring, I should say, Sorry. because as I yeah. look out the window, yes, we have daylight, but it's fucking grey as, and it's been raining and foggy and I guess typical. You know what? What usually is like April weather. That's probably what we. It just happens to be October. So yeah, I'm just feeling a bit like tight, like body, my body's tired, but my mind's like, yeah, let's do all the things. So do you do, you, do you have any strategies for your daylight savings and whatever you want to call it? Do you strategize around that? Um, aside from giving myself more compassion be, in case it hits me, yeah, which is what I've been doing to be fair, not really like we don't, you know, we just kind of, I think we usually let ourselves sleep like it's not that we try and set the alarms on a you know particular where we change any of that it just happens like we try and just let it be a normal thing I guess so would you call so Nina and I were talking a little bit before we got on here we're going to try something new a little segment when we start off our podcast moving forward and you know what we might start it it may not be something that we love or maybe something that we love and it could be an entire fucking podcast. We don't know, but we're going to talk about our wins and maybe our learning experiences from the week or something that, you know, happened. And so Nina, you're saying that you're feeling great. You have a great outlook on life and, but you were, you, t- you feel tired as fuck due to daylight savings. Yeah. Um, I feel like what, what do you consider either one of those a win or a loss, a learning experience? Um, I think, and learning and I was chatting to someone about this not that long ago as in like over the last couple of days um so I think the win if I had to pick a win over the last week it would be that I got my fucking essay submitted a day early and I actually got it done and that probably could be its own episode to talk about just what went down with it because I learned I mean obviously I learned a lot about the topic that I was writing about but I also learned a lot about some of like the beliefs and some of the mindset stuff that I had going on around, you know, being back at university and the resistance to wanting to spend time writing and, you know, thinking, oh, it'll be shit anyway. So why am I doing this? And I've had a lot of, aside from spending time actually writing, I also worked on starting to unlearn a lot of that stuff, which has been really awesome. So I think just the essay writing process with its good and bad things around it, I think is my win because a I got the thing done so it's submitted it can be graded but also I learned a lot about myself in the process too so that would be 
guess what we're calling a win for now but and I guess it's also it kind of doubles up as the learning too right because I learned about myself and I learned a little bit more about you know scheduling and I think what my priorities are I think if I had to separate it a little bit from my learning experience is that it turned out it actually was really important to me probably more important than what I thought the study thing was because when I started when I enrolled you know a few months ago I was like oh I'm just I'm just going to do this out of like this is out of interest I just want to you know learn a bit more stuff and it just so happens that I'm doing it by going back to uni and doing it you know like in quotation marks properly as opposed to doing some random weird not weird certificate because there's quality certifications out there right like you've got heaps I've got some but I kind of felt like I wanted a formal you know uni kind of qualification but it actually turns out especially because I made this I made this essay a big thing in my head but I think partly the reason I did that is because I actually you know I want to do and it's not just because I want to get good grades or I want to you know do a good job because I, I I obviously do but I actually I think the more I've thought about it the more I've realized that I want to actually put that degree that I'll earn I want that put to put that to use down the track so it's not just an interest thing anymore because it was just something I'm learning because I I'm fascinated by it you know I ask myself why do I care so much about the outcome of this yeah. so I think that in itself has been a great learning over the last few weeks because I even put that ahead of you know finishing out the launch for the inner compass because I could have you know I spent time writing the essay instead of jumping on social media and my email list and saying hey it's the last few days I mean I still did some stuff I didn't completely you know drop off the face of the earth there either but when I had to choose because I could only do one thing at a time Mm -hmm. I realized that it was actually quite important which I hadn't just thought of before so that's my learning and I've talked for like enough already so what were your wins and learnings (laughs) my win is cutting Nina off um so I would say like for me I there's I've I've quite a few wins but at the end of the day I you know if I could dial in with one I would definitely say it's my um time blocking scheduling that I've been putting into place um I figured out what works best for me. And it took me, you know, a couple, you know, kicks at the can because I've done time blocking before, but I've only done time blocking around my actual schedule in terms of like what my, like when I open up my phone, I know what's on my calendar, but I wasn't time blocking. So to be more specific is like, I know how long I take with each client now. And I am time blocking my, you know, making sure my workouts are an hour, not to say that I don't have flexibility. So please understand that. Like, when you're time blocking, flexibility is important because I can pivot. I've had to, you know, kind of look back and think about things that I wanted to change. But what I realized is that, you know, like my coach gave me a, a, a calendar to, to, to utilize, which I quickly found that I didn't want to use that calendar. So I wanted to find something that worked best for me. And so I did that. And then, you know, this last week I did like planned actual days and then um, sorry, I did plan days and then my actuals and I did comparisons to see where my time was being spent and what that shift was and where I caught myself doing things. Like to give an example, Tuesday, I estimated my time for my clients, but I was over my time because 
I didn't calculate it properly. It wasn't because I had more clients. It was my calculation of each time I spent, but I was so great at dialing in my voice memos and my time spent on each client, which has never really, I used to not do that. Right. Like I know how many clients I have and I'm like, Oh, I've got all these clients check-ins. And, but I also try to schedule in some business stuff on Tuesday. And I know now I can't ever do that ever again because I actually didn't get it done. And instead of beating myself over it, I just looked back and I thought, okay, this is what I will do differently next time. But the big picture was, is that what I, what I found is that I was going to try and pre-plan my this week on Friday. And what I found, and this would be an interesting conversation with my coach, is that it actually is more overwhelming for me to do that than it is to do day-to-day. So I will not be doing an entire week for- forecast. I will do day-to-day like I, what I did last week and do my comparisons. The only thing that I forecast is knowing what my actual, like if I've got coaching calls or if I have um, appointments, um, if I have intakes that are, that are new, that stuff is going to be in there. But now I'm going to be able to just kind of run with what I, what my consistencies are in my mornings and then fill the gaps with what I plan. But if it doesn't work out, I can always reflect huge win for me. And that being said, this weekend was the first time in a very long time that I actually did not plan to work. So as an entrepreneur, I tend to like, especially because my husband, Corey works long hours as well. If he's up at 5am, I'm going to be up at 5am and I'm going to get shit done. But what I realized is that I actually don't need to do that because I planned my week and I actually got the shit done that I used to just like procrastinate, but we all know it's a choice. It's not procrastination. I actually chose to not do shit um, that I chose to do all of that. And then I, I wanted to be a mom this weekend. I wanted to not do stuff that would be like, okay, hold on, hold on girls or be feeling like I'm all over the place. So I bought a dishwasher, huge win by myself. My husband didn't come with me. He was working. So I had to make all these decisions on my own. And then um, I took my daughter to her first basketball game in 18 months. I didn't get to watch, but she got to play. And I don't give a fuck. As long as she's playing, I don't care. Um, And then I just was just the mom cleaning up and just doing things like that. And then the other thing is, is that yesterday I did decide to do bookkeeping, which I fine to be overwhelming, but I choose to do it for both our companies, but I gave myself a time slot versus dreading it. And so I looked at it and said, okay, so again, like just my perspective changed a lot. And so those would be my wins. I think that time blocking is an essential thing, which we will talk about. Um, we do have a special guest coming up. Maybe we'll talk a little bit about that. Um, but at the end of the day, I think those were some pretty powerful things for me and it has everything to do with productivity and what I'm doing in my business, which is a huge win for me mm-hmm. because I've been kind of feeling like a little bit like overwhelmed and that took a lot of overwhelm. So that being said, I know this will be a great topic because that's the kind of shit that can help you even in your nutritional journey, shifting your mindset, because if you're feeling so overwhelmed, guess what you as the asset you're, you're on the back burner. What I've realized is how valuable I am to my own time blocks like where I sit in that time block is the most important thing because without my self-care or whatever it is that I need to get done, I don't show up the way I want to. So huge win for me. And so that would be it. So should we dive into our topic or do you have something to add? Uh, no, other than I, I cannot wait to be talking to that special guest in a couple of weeks and then to release that episode. So we're just going to be mean and tease about it. Yeah, but it'll be good. It's going to be, I think, um, 
the working title for that ex- episode has the word extravaganza in it. So <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking it'll probably stay like that because it'll pro- it will be, it will be a, an amazing episode already. We're hyping it up. Like it, it's, be, it, it's, the thing is that it's going to deliver, even though we're hyping it up right now, it'll deliver. Um, but yeah, what are we talking about today, Brendy? So today I thought we'd talk a little bit about I like to call it real food, real nutrition, basically the real talk behind building the foundation. So I feel like too often people just assume that um, nutrition is quite easy in the sense that all you need to do is eat, and I'm going to use air quotes here, eat clean and move your body, right? So nutrition is like just eating great food and then you just exercise. But what I don't think people understand is that nutrition has to have a a few components. And I think that that's where we need to kind of understand the uh, nutritional hierarchy. So there's a couple of people in the industry that I followed way back when I first started doing this. And I feel like they laid the foundation for me and Eric Helms would be one of those. And then, um, um, I know the, uh, Mike is I met him, Hmm. you know, Eric actually lives in New Zealand. I didn't know he lives in New Zealand. Oh, guess what? Did you know I met him? Him and Mike Rizzatel. I'm just like, so ooh, I had lunch with, with Eric Helms. <laughs> we need to tag him in this. Yeah, but most anyways. of the people listening to that are like, who the fuck are those people? Like, who is this guy? So <laughs> Eric Helms is like the godfather of, of bodybuilding, uh, natural bodybuilding. And Mike Rizzatel is just a PhD, um, knows everything about lifting, Olympic lifting, um, but he, they own, or he's part of Renaissance periodization, but they both have the basic foundations or nutritional hierarchy. And so I kind of like built off of that, my own thoughts about it, but here's what I'm, where I want to start because this, I don't want this to be a huge episode where all I do is just talk about the components. I would like to talk about it in real life. So if you think about building a house, you need a foundation, right, Nina? Like you need to understand and you need to have a solid foundation. The problem is, is that I'll have somebody comes to me and says, what protein powder should I be taking? And should I be taking collagen and what vitamins and minerals? Is there like, you know, greens product, like what, you know, and I'm like, whoa, whoa, hold on a second here. Why are we talking about supplementation? Do you even know what a calorie is? Do you even know the food that you're eating? So building your nutritional foundation is all about calories. We shouldn't be talking about supplementation, which is actually, so if you visualize a pyramid, the supplements would be on the very top, right? But if you don't understand calories and what you're actually eating and what energy balance is, there's no fucking reason why you should even be talking to me about uh, or supplementation or even asking. Like, I get it. If you're like, Oh, I don't think I eat enough protein, but do you even know how much protein you Mm. need? And do you even know how much you're taking in? Right. So I think that if we start with the foundation of calories, we can have a better understanding of like, what does that mean? Because let's be honest, Nina, when people are talking to, you know, well, for sure, for me about nutrition, they're looking to change their body composition. So whether it's losing body fat or gaining muscle mass, maybe even maintaining, like they want to stop dieting. Right. But, you know, understanding what it means to be in a deficit and a maintenance phase and a surplus matters, but, you know, a a lot of people don't even know what it means to actually get to that point. Like they don't understand how do you, how do you figure that out? And so for me, it's like, track your intake. I don't care which method you use. You could journal or whatever, but at the end of the day, figure out how many calories and understand what, you know, that calories do matter regardless of what you're doing. They are the foundation for nutrition. Okay. And I think that if I were to really 
dial it in with, with calories. And maybe, I don't know, Nina, if you have anything to add, but I would say it's about a 60% influence on your overall health and wellness. And the reason why I say that is because it's to understand those calories do influence your body weight, but also your overall health and well-being. Because if you're overweight, it's because you're taking in too many calories. And that could put you at risk for some diseases and you know diabetes and all this. And if you're not eating enough, right, you're going to lose body fat, which is for some people great, but it also could put you in a place of not fueling your body enough for performance and any, you know, everyday, any day activities, right? So it's really important to understand that. But at the end of the day, if you are looking to change your body composition, you must be in a deficit to lose body fat. You can be at a maintenance phase of calories to just stay exactly kind of where you're at plus or minus a few pounds or whatever, a few inches. But if you're looking to gain muscle mass and, or actually have to put on body fat, some people do. We have recovering anorexic, um, sorry, or people who just have a difficult time putting on body weight. They need to be eating a surplus of calories, but if they don't know where that is, how do you do that? Right? So that's why, that's what I mean by the foundation is starting strong with understanding calories from that standpoint. Um, I think it's important to understand macronutrients. And when I say macronutrients, it's the quantity and quality and understanding food composition, if that makes sense. So if I said to you, Nina, you know, like it's important to eat protein, I would assume that you understand what protein is and what our choices are because you're in this industry and you understand that. But a lot of people actually don't understand that. They don't understand the function of protein. They don't understand what protein sources are. And even from your standpoint, because you're a vegan, you understand plant-based proteins, whereas most people don't even understand that, let alone what animal base are. So we've got that. And plant-based proteins are not, I don't know if complicated is the right word to use, but there's additional considerations there. Let's just right. say that. Yeah. Right? Because, and I don't know if I'm not over, if this is too much of a segue, but most plant-based proteins aren't just proteins. Right. Exactly. And, and, and people would know that because when people say to me, they want to go vegetarian or vegan, they'll be like, okay, well, I'm going to, you know, eat these plant-based proteins, but then they're like, oh my God, my carbs are so high. I'm like, ah, that's why. Do you even understand what food comprises of? Right. So understanding like your, your, um, your proteins, your carbs and your fats, but then also understanding that guess what carbohydrates, they have fiber, how much fiber and what would we classify as a nutrient dense food versus a non or a, you know, like processed or simple carbohydrate, whatever you want to call that. Right. So it's understanding that when we're eating our food, so looking at our macronutrient profiles, there can be specific targets you can have for sure. But understanding that composition just basically means like that nutrient density. Right. And then we're looking for 80% of that to be nutrient dense. So like high protein, high fiber, complex carbohydrates, 20% ish having the cookie eating the cake, you know, like, I don't know, I don't, whatever that looks like, right. It's trying to find that, but understand that, especially for people who tend to label food, good food, um, good versus bad, or saying that carbs are the devil is that in most cases, if people actually took a step back and looked at what's on their plate, that pizza that you call a carbohydrate 
is not actually a carbohydrate. It is a combination of protein with super highly palatable fats and carbohydrates with sodium. That's what's in that, that pizza. It's not just a carbohydrate and that is a fallacy. And that's where people get, again, they get so mixed up with this whole idea that I can't have that pizza because, you know, like I overeat it and blah, blah, blah. But I mean, it's calorically dense because of all those macronutrients, but most specifically the hyperpalatable side of it, which are the carbs and the fats, a little bit of protein, of course. Um, I think for a lot of people too, you get to understand that you understand fiber, but then they, uh, they don't understand, um, what it means to be hydrated. So again, so we start with calories. That's our foundation. Then we go to the next step on the pyramid, which would be, you know, macronutrients, food composition for some people. And I've seen this interchange, I think, uh, between different experts, they might say nutrient timing comes first and, or hydration, but I do think that you should understand hydration. Um, I think it's a great habit to get, you know, get into of like drinking water consistently, but I, you know, and there are some formulas that work well for some and not for others, but the baseline would be half your body weight in ounces per day. Okay. But if you're an athlete, it might require more. And if you're a salty sweater, it might require more with electrolyte balance there too. So it's just a matter of like, if you're thirsty, reach for the glass of water, right? Hydrate. I have water right, right now. I'm going to take a sip actually. I'm going to take a sip of my coffee. <laughs> but that doesn't Which mean is... you can't have the coffee and you can't have the tea. It doesn't mean you can't have the, I don't know, the Red Bull or freaking Crystal Light or the dry water, soda. You know? It's tasty water. <laughs> yeah. But at the end of the day, I do think that people should, should strive for it. And I mean, hydration, hydration is kind of like that self-regulated system anyways, right? Um, I think that, again... The only thing that I would say specifically is that if you're someone who works out a lot and sweats a lot to pay attention to that, right. And you can look at indicators, um, through your urine. So when you're going to the bathroom, if it's pretty dark and cloudy and kind of smelly, then I would argue that you're probably a little bit less hydrated than what you want to be. Right. But you don't have to super hydrate yourself either and be peeing every five minutes. Right. Because then again, that's what actually deters a lot of people. I don't know, Nina. If you've had this ever said to you from a client, but I've had clients say the reason I don't drink water is because that means I have to get up and leave my desk every five minutes. Like I, you know, I have a small bladder or whatever. And I'm like, are you serious? Like you get up and grab the candy from the cookie or the candy jar or whatever you go to the photocopying machine. I don't know how many times, but you can't drink water because you might have to go to the bathroom, you know? So there... I haven't heard that specific. Yeah, no I have. But yeah. I, for sure, have had uh, well, uh, the majority of, you know, check-ins, especially in the groups that we've done together, has been, you know, the, the most of the goals every single week is upping the water or getting to like a baseline yeah. of water intake. Every, like, without fail, every group that I've helped you with, that's been the case. Yeah. But do you know what's, do you know what's, which is not like, it's, it's a little bit that it's, I don't know, concerning isn't the right word, but in a way it's, you know, from my standpoint, it sucks that, that I, that I see people struggling with it, but at the same time, it's also 
you know, in a way it's positive to see that they care about it and they know that it is important. So that that education piece that they understand, oh shit, actually I do need to make sure I have, you know, a, a good hydration intake, that that I think is still a good thing. Yeah. What I think I see though, and I wouldn't call it frustrating for me. I would say, I, I, I see it as um, a stumbling block is that drinking more water seems to be higher on the um, goal than it is to like change that habit of like, you know, like, um, like to, to, to give an example, like I need to drink more water, but yet they're still finding a very difficult time with their cravings and overeating. And that's where I would go back again, calories, macronutrients and composition, because you could help yourself. Yes. Drinking water is important, but if your outcome goal is that of like, I want to stop binge eating, or I would like to reduce the cravings or feel better overall. Yes. Hydration will help, but guess what? The focus should rather be on something where you may not have that understanding that you haven't understood the foundation yet. Right. So do you see where I'm going with this? It's like, mm. people will skip these steps. You need to take step one onto the, the, the calorie floor. And then you got to take that next step up to understanding food composition and macronutrient values. Cause here's the thing about food composition too. And I forgot to go through this is like, it influences your overall well-being as well, because it supplies you with the micronutrients through food choices, like your vegetables, your fruits, you're going to get minerals, all these things, right? And you will even get some water because we have some, some foods, you know, like our salaries and some of our fruits and vegetables that contain water, right? So at the end of the day, it's, you know, like the name, right. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like that's where we have, but then thinking about the composition, composition of food is like, people talk to me about, I don't have enough energy. And I think energy as in not the mental energy when they're telling me that, because that's not what they're saying. They're not saying that they're saying like, they have a hard time, like moving their body. Like they don't want to go for the walk. I'm like, well, you're not eating many calories and guess what? You eliminated your carbohydrates and you don't have enough, right? Your fuel source. The fuel source. So it's what he uses. I think, I mean, I have some education in nutrition right like and I think we talked about when I said the cert part I can't even remember if we I mean if we had recorded at that time but I have some education but you know nowhere near as much as you like you're you're the guru between the two of us but um you know I think that is a crucial I think a thing that you know and you can be on I don't even give a shit which side of the fence does there even have to be a fence if at the end of the day we just want to help people you know feel better and and live lives that they want to live but the that that I think if that that is one of the few the key things that I wish everyone knew just how important the fueling side of it is or not even you know, there's people that will be like, don't call it fuel. It's like, well, what do you think? How our bodies operate? They don't just operate on the air you breathe in. Like they need things to convert into various things so they can keep our bodies functioning, right? Because it's not even just fueling our performance, uh, you know, keeping either the hydration part, like protein has an important, plays an important part in making sure our organs work, 
right? And same with most of the macronutrients play, you know, it's not just to keep us fed and they don't just go into, you know, protein doesn't just go into the muscles to get to, you know, repair them after we've torn them down in the gym because that is literally what happens. But it's, you know, they play so, there's so much, it's not just the fueling part, but they, they, it literally keeps us alive, right? But I think people over the last, you know, I don't know how many decades, we had a, we actually had a great conversation with my in-laws last night about food and stuff like that. But I think the, you know, messaging or how, like there's been a, a shift away from that and kind of people have looked at isolated things or isolated effects that some of these foods can have and then have kind of taken that to a whole new level and it's just created this massive confusion in a lot of people where you know people like you and I and a lot of other people who are trying to go back to no no no, here's your base like this is how you have you know this is a good way to approach it and you need to understand these things ideally in this order I think that's partly I guess almost perverted the kind of what people think is important I think there's lots of factors that play into it and it's probably its own it's too meta probably for this episode but well, it's because we're influenced by so much shit in the industry right yeah. so yeah when people talk about like things like hydration yeah of course water is important like we need it to survive but water isn't your problem if you are obese like that's not the lowest hanging fruit in my opinion now of course i would work with that client stating let's go through this maybe it's part of the journey but understanding, like, I, I, I hear it every day, Nina, people, and, and I read it, I, I don't get trolled. I'm very lucky. I don't get trolled. I mean, people might start now, who knows, but people don't, like, I've seen people write about like calories don't matter. Yes, they fucking do. Like, I don't, I really don't care what you have to say until you can prove to me. Otherwise science will always take precedence there. And so at the end of the day, if you understand how important the calorie factor is and just understanding that that is energy. Okay. And it is what supports your metabolism. It supports your body, your overall health and well-being of like all in all sorts and in, in facets of life. Okay. It's, it's just understanding, like there are components in there that might have a little bit more of a priority too. And that's where the food composition comes into play. We're talking baseline, real nutrition, just like real, like this is real food stuff. Like this is not something where I'm going to throw some science here and start throwing numbers at you and quoting and cite, citing all this, this research. This is basic shit that I don't know what you think, but yeah, a calorie is a calorie. It doesn't matter if it's coming from a protein source or if it's coming from a, a carbohydrate. At the end of the day, a calorie is a calorie. The macronutrient profile will matter for what your goals are but people will skip that step or they'll, they'll ignore the step and just say carbs are bad and they don't understand what the carbohydrate does for the body. Right. So it's very frustrating, but yet this is why we're here. I want to help under, help people understand that you don't have to live your life feeling restricted and having to do all this voodoo magic, bullshit, magic pills and don't even get me started, but you know what I mean? Like it just doesn't have to be that way. And you don't have to be drinking teas. So yes, you're drinking your water, but you don't need some magic potion to go on that tea for you to see or reach your goals. You just simply have to understand the basics of, of fucking nutrition. So 
That being said, my next one is the, the one I get asked about more often than anything else is like, when should I eat what meal? Or it's like, um, you know, I want to like, what's my pre pre and post workout meal? What should it be? And I'm like, okay, this is again, I'll go back. So do you know how many calories you're eating? Well, no, I just want to know what I should be eating before my workout. It won't fucking matter what you need to eat before your workout. If you don't eat enough calories to begin with, like nutrient timing for some individuals does matter. And I do believe that I'm, and like, and I'll just say this. So we understand it. Like the more consistent you are with your meals per day. So like the anticipation of eating at like 5am, 9am, 12pm, like whatever, like not on the clock, like, oh my God, I have an alarm, but like that consistency does help. Right. But at the end of the day, there's no right or wrong approach to nutrient timing, except if you are that individual who might need to fuel for performance or even understand that, okay, well, I have a lot going on. So if I ate at this time, would this make a difference? You know, coach B, like, what should I do? You know, should I you know, should I try intermittent fasting? Should I do, um, you know, like more carbohydrates or less carbohydrates, like that kind of stuff. Right. But honestly, if you don't understand the other stuff, like the calories, the macronutrients, how much water you're drinking, there's no need to worry about nutrient timing. And you better be a fucking elite athlete because honestly, there's like a 10 or 20%, um, influence on your overall well being. Now, whether or not that influences your athletic performance, that's to be said in conjunction with what you're actually doing within the day of not only number one calories, number two, stress and recovery. So your nutrient timing matters nothing really when people think about it. And all of this plus the fueling, it's, I think I was going to jump in with, it'll be different for each person, right? Like you might, and I, I, personally experimented on myself in the past and even recently with you know timing of my workouts during the day and you know what I eat before especially before because I've done the whole fasted workouts first thing in the morning without anything but I've also done the you know actually had a normal kind of breakfast and then workout closer to lunchtime and then lunch is basically my post-workout meal and you know for myself personally I've noticed a difference between fasted sessions and somewhat fueled sessions but that will be different from person to person absolutely because the person who doesn't like breakfast I don't I never it's like if you don't if you cannot fuel your body at a certain time because you actually don't physically feel like you can that's one thing but I mean that's that's just the whole situation is that we will see better performance with a fueled workout than we would had we been fasted. But again, everyone is different. I've, I've done, I've tried to do fucking CrossFit at five 30 in the morning. No, I don't deadlift and hit PRs when I have no fuel. And now here's the thing though now, and I don't want to go too deep into this, but if that should be a factor of like someone who is an early workout person, then you factor in that. And then you do your carb, you basically eat more at night before bed. Mm -hmm. But again, that's going to go against what you think in your head that you can eat before bed. Let me tell you something. This is a big, huge secret that I don't think anybody knows. We have our circadian rhythm. Our body knows daytime and darkness. It knows to eat during the day and it knows to rest during the night. It doesn't know that it's 9 p.m. though. Seriously, it does not know that. So eat the fucking food before bed, especially if you have difficulties 
with things like getting up later in the night and you have cortisol, you know, blood sugar, whatever going on, you actually are on low, low calories. Like, let me tell you when I was dieting for my show, it was 3 AM every freaking day while I was a lean bean and had no food that shit happened. Had I known better back then, I probably would have had more fuel before bed, but that all being said, there are ways in which you can do that. But the bottom line is, is that it's not the number of meals per day that you eat. That does not increase your metabolism. It is total calories within a 24 hour period. And yes, you can eat before bed and you can do intermittent fasting. I don't give a shit what you do at the end of the day, whatever it is that you do, you just must be consistent and adhere. And what I do see with most of my clients is the more consistent they are with eating, the less likely they are with feeling really, you know, low energy spells and those need that, that, that craving or that afternoon crash or whatever that looks like, because they're being consistent or the four o'clock, you know, raid the, the pantry after work type of scenario. And I mean, there's more to it that goes into that, of course, mental fatigue and stuff, but consistency will always rule. But I wanted to jump into this one because I know we're running out of time here, but I wanted to jump into the one where I started with was basically when people come to me and they ask me about protein powders and supplementation. And I mean, I'm the type of coach that will always say food first, but I do supplement. I believe that supplements can make or break some people in terms of their performance. Um, things like creatine, I think it's, it's so valuable. Um, I do think protein powder should be part of everyone's arsenal, regardless of what that looks like. So if you're someone who's a vegetarian, a vegan, um, maybe you're a carnivore, whatever that looks like protein powder in your home is always going to be a saving grace for days where it's fucking hard to cook all the protein or prep your food or whatever. Right. Um, but supplements really don't have the impact that people believe it is in fact, what the word means supplement exactly it's an addition <laughs> it's an addition it's not the um, main most thing it's it's to help you get the intake that you need if you struggle with getting it in with normal sources right it's it's like i think well or if if there are there could be other factors too but i i think about it that way right like i have powders at home and most of the time i'll chuck them in a smoothie regardless like that's just part of yeah. my breakfast but um I also said you know like being a vegan for example I have other supplements that I might take from time to time because I don't get the same I don't get those nutrients from common yeah. sources individuals right? like yeah yeah iron and b12 are probably some prime examples here but I just had I supplement my diet every so often with those things to take them in because I choose not to consume the original thing right yeah like I think that's the context of which people have to understand that supplementation is exactly that so again um if you're someone who is you know low in a specific nutrient micronutrient that being um then yes of course I mean obviously if a doctor says you and recommends this um but at the end of the day you know you really have to look at your nutrition, understand your calories and your comp food composition. If you're someone who eats out all the time, eats a lot of processed foods, guess what? You're going to be lacking some micronutrients and probably fiber, but that doesn't mean you run to the grocery store and get yourself a, a can of Metamucil. What it means is like, I need to take one of those processed meals and transform it. Just one doesn't have to be all. 
and start, start there, start laying that foundation of understanding that what you're eating matters and what you're putting in your mouth matters for overall health and well-being. And let's, let me just go right back to this. This has nothing to do with specifics with fat loss or weight gain or anything like that. This is really about understanding nutrition and what the purpose of it is, is like real nutrition, real food. That's where we want to go. We don't need to be like stopping up at the supplement store because we think we need to have more vitamin C or, you know, my friend uses collagen, you know, like I'm, I, I'm going to do this, like, what is it overrated and underrated segment? One of these days on some, on supplementation as well, because here's the, the aha moment. Most are ineffective. And you know how I know this because I started in this business years ago in supplements and there's a lot of things that have changed obviously in the manufacturing, but a lot of these supplements, it's just marketing. Believe me, I've been on both sides of like what we put into the product and also what we, how we market it. And I mean, I remember back in the day when we used to market fat burgers, like, oh my gosh, like, I'm sorry. The only really good fat burner out there is a fucking calorie deficit. Just get with the program, right? Is what I would say, like, get on board with the idea of having to, you know, put yourself in some sort of um, flexible restraint, I like to call it, not restriction and get on board with that and then have an exit strategy that will help you. That will help you get to where you want to go and probably maintain that. And you don't have to use things like fat burners, right? Because it's, it's a waste of money, but, um, there's some really good products out there too. So I would never take that, but, um, take that away. But I think at the end of the day, it's just really understanding the foundation of like, let's, let's look at, you know, our, our, um, calories, our food composition, understanding hydration, nutrient timing, just making sure you're eating consistently, but Hey, if you're a performance athlete or something, you might want to move things around. And honestly, if you need to supplement because you are lacking certain nutrients, whatever that might look like for you as an individual, do that, but don't rely on it. Okay. Um, the one thing I'll say too, when it comes to supplementation is just understand that, you know, marketing is the one thing, but watch for things that make claims unless there's a shit ton of research, like there's only a few supplements out there that I believe in and that creatine being one of them, just because it's the most studied protein powder is another one that has a lot of studies behind it. Specific product though, like by, you know, a specific manufacturer, I I'm not going to say any, I'm not going to push any product here specifically, but again, watch for that. Like if they're making claims, there's a lot of shit that just to be clear is not approved. Um, and it's just, it's just a label, right? So just understand that. And in saying that too, with supplementation, understand that the nutrition facts are not always hundred percent either. And what you're getting in that product may not be what's actually on that label. And I know this from being in the business of manufacturing supplements. There's, there's, there are people out there that will cut corners. So this is why I use, you know, using food first is, is ideal. Now, I think in closing, what I wanted to say with this, and I think that we can you know, talk a little bit about this together, uh, Nina, is that we want to strive for 80% nutrient density. Okay. Leaving room for 20%, whatever that looks like. Right. For some people, it's a treat for some people. It's like going out for dinner for some people. It's even having some alcohol, but whether, whatever it is, you need to like what you're doing and be consistent at it. Um, meet the minimal amounts, um, required for your macronutrient profiles, whatever that looks like. And you, and I mean, yeah, it's great to have a coach that helps you understand what that is because your online macro calculators and, or my fitness pal may not give you that information properly because you have to understand where you are right now and do, do those adjustments. Um, 
I think meal timing, like I said, is only needed if you feel like you understand everything else and you are in a place of performance. I honestly do think like that can be bodybuilding, that can be CrossFit, that can be running, you know, endurance, um, marathons, whatever. Um, Olympic lifting, doesn't matter what it is. If it's performance based and you feel like you just need to get a, get an edge maybe with your, um, energy profile, that's where nutrient timing might come into place. Obviously drink water. If you feel you're thirsty, I can drink the water and supplement only if you feel like you're not getting enough from your diet. And that includes everything from multivitamins to things like protein powder, collagens. Um, people talk, ask me all the time about fish oil and probiotics. I think that again, um, when it comes to probiotics, that is really individual on the strain. I think it's the ailment and you need to consider why you'd want to be taking a probiotic. Don't just start taking probiotics. And with fish oil, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, because I think you, what you just said, I think we need to highlight, put in bold with shining lights on it. It's the whole, you know, don't just take it because you think you need it. Yeah. Because messaging out there tries to sell you all of these things. And I think that was the conversation I had last night. I think the key, one of the things that seems to be not missing, but I think a lot of us, and I'll include myself in that too, I think it's trying to understand what, you know, what we're doing and trying to figure out what we need or don't need. Like I think part of that is missing well I think some of us are starting to go down that road again of trying to find that out and asking ourselves these questions working with people asking those you know like asking you for example those questions because not everyone will need a protein powder right if you regularly hit 130 grams plus by you know because of what your usual protein sources is yeah having a powder might in your cupboard might be a good thing because you know on on days you're in a pinch it's it's an easy thing but actually do you need it maybe not Whereas someone like myself, who needs to think a little bit more carefully around how I construct my meals and how I take in protein, you know, my situation will look different, but I think it's really important to, you know, once you understand the basics to actually ask yourself, do I actually need these things? Because you, you might, but you also might not, and you don't need to go and spend money on all these things when actually maybe you need one thing and not five. Yeah. And then maybe think... you eat enough vegetables and fruits that you don't need to take a greens powder, right? But maybe yeah. you struggle, and maybe for you that's a convenient way to get some extra stuff in, and maybe temp for a while, that's okay, but you also actually don't necessarily want to replace your entire, you know, intake of food with just powders and pills either right you know I mean what it really comes back to is like creating awareness like if you don't know what it is that you're doing like often I get some people say I don't know where to start and my response is start creating awareness around your choices like do you even know what time you have breakfast? Do you know what you had for breakfast? I mean, I could tell you down to the gram in, in most cases, what I've been eating for years, because that's how much attention I've been paying. Right. And that's why now it's so easy to maintain and to make decisions around food. It's like, I took the time to understand what's in my food. I still have people like this would be a protein, a plant-based protein for you. But for most people, 
when they're saying, well, I have the peanut butter though. I don't understand how much more I have to add to increase my protein. I'm like, mm, but it's a fat. And for you, maybe the option would be to actually sit down and make a meal instead of having a peanut butter and jam sandwich. You know what I mean? Like, it's like thinking about what's actually on your plate, asking yourself if you like, you know, if what you're doing right now is working for you, what part of nutrition, like let's leave out body image, let's leave out body composition goals. What part of nutrition do you want to work on? Because at the end of the day, if you're someone who understands and says, well, yeah, I did keto and I, I did calorie counting and this is what I was doing, but I'm like, but then why weren't you eating carbohydrates? Why did you choose keto? If you don't understand what keto has done for your body, what eliminating the carbohydrate did and and jacking up those fats did for you, then you had actually no right actually doing that to yourself because you don't even understand the concept. You did it because someone else said to do it and you saw what they were getting from it versus truly understanding and creating awareness around the fact that maybe if you'd just taken a moment to write down the fact that you don't eat a lot lot of food during the week, like you're like too busy and you write down, like you only had like a muffin for breakfast and your latte and then you didn't eat. And then you binge in the pantry every day at four o'clock. What that should bring about is awareness that I don't eat all day and I, and I overeat at night. How do I stop the overeating? But then your friend down the street says, why did keto? I just eliminated all the carbs because carbs are devil. No, what she did is she dialed in on a system for 30 days, eliminated and reduced carbohydrates, which by default decreased calories, stopped overeating until the end of the diet. Those happens behaviors did not disappear. They went on pause because guess what that keto diet did not do. It did not teach that person, maybe not all, but most cases that person, what was going on prior to actually going onto this diet. So fundamentally speaking, if they understood that the carbohydrate is not the devil and it is not bad, that it is actually and has purpose, maybe that habit behavior would not result because of the restriction. If you would stop restricting and create that awareness around the fact that you don't eat all day, that's part of it, right? And I know there's, it's a complex thing, like obesity, binge eating, this is all very complex stuff. But going back to baseline, nutrition should have some foundation. That's really what it is. We're going to build a house with nutrition. You, you have to start at the bottom and you want it to be strong. And that foundation starts with understanding what calories are and what they do for your body. And then building on that and continuing to build. I mean, that's a great way to finish. <laughs> Nothing more to say. That Man, I the, could go on. You and I can I know, talk. I, hours, I know you could go on and on and on, but um, we can just do that in other episodes, though. I have my mug here, or my my wine tumbler, and no, I don't have wine in this. But it says, "Eat your fucking veggies." Yeah. So that's my my tip for you guys today. If I'm going to leave you with one tip, eat your fucking veggies. You won't need to supplement because you get all your micronutrients. Nina, you're great at eating vegetables. Well, it's funny you should say that, actually. Um, oh, geez. Well, well, no, I mean, you'd, you'd think I am because my my diet in the sense of the way I eat, not in, you know, a restriction sense, but the food I eat is mostly plants. 
Yeah. Well, actually, it's all plants, right? That's that's part of the definition of of what um, I think when they when they came up with the definition of a vegan diet. Um, although for me, it's more than just what I eat, but that's a whole topic for another conversation, probably. But I think I had a period because I and I, I think we we touched on it in the past, and I know we're probably going over what we were meant to talk about today. But I had a period of a few years where I was very much controlling my intake and tracking and you know paying attention to what I was eating and over the last 12 months I kind of went completely like the opposite direction because I was like I can I just need to not do that I, I realized how much it was impacting me personally right this is a very personal thing I'm going to put that out there too because not everyone you know I'm just this is my own journey of stuff but I had to you know stop tracking and basically give myself permission to just do whatever yep and um you know I'm still somewhat in that space but I think for for a while and I don't I don't believe in food having moral value right like there is no good and bad food you could argue and obviously after the conversation we've just had there's food that's probably a little more nutrient dense more nutritious Yep. And it, chances are it's the way that it was grown, right? The closer it is to that state, usually the more nutritious it is. But there are also other foods, either that you can make yourself or you can buy made for you, that, you know, it's still food. Food's food at the end of the day. It'll have different, what what's in it and what it's comprised of and then what that does in your body, that is what what's different. But to me, and it's I had to learn that too, right? Because I was on the clean eating train for a while, I was like, what, what the fuck does that even mean? And that's probably how overrated under it. We will have an episode about that. But I had to go on this journey of just eating whatever the fuck I wanted in whatever quantity I wanted and, have, and, and actually go through that process because I had to unlearn yep. how I was viewing food. Because in my and for my for my own mental health reasons, to be honest, and um you know, everyone will be different in that space. But I probably had a period where, you know, <laughs> most of my, my plates were beige. There wasn't a lot of, and I mean, yes, you can argue there's some beige, creamy color, you know, there's some weird random colored vegetables out there. There probably is. But I probably had a while where, because I needed to just let myself do that because I had to untangle the whole, oh, but you have to have this many portion, you know, five serves yeah, of this. hundred percent. Like yeah. I had to, for my own personal reasons, again, this is where I am personally at. I can't understand, I can't overstate how important that is because I'm not telling you to do the same thing unless you're in a similar space. But even then, it might look different to you. But I'm now at a place, again, where I, you know, I want to add the greens, the reds, the, I want the colors. Um, but I think that is a good, you know, I'm just because I choose to only eat plants doesn't mean I eat a lot of them sometimes. And I, well, still, I still have days where, you know, I'll have, you know, like a cinnamon scroll for breakfast or I will go out for brunch and I'll have like a vegan French toast because people can make some amazing shit these days. Yeah, and then you know I might have pasta or pizza for dinner, and there might be some veggies on that one, but there isn't a lot of stuff in between. And 
do I notice that that might make me feel different? Maybe. But I'm also at the moment, I'm just like, you know what? If I want to eat the cinnamon scroll or the French toast, I'm going to do that. And if I want to eat the salad, that's what I'm going to eat. Because I'm going to eat whatever I want to eat. And that, like, I need to work through this to, you know, to get to a different place with how I eat. But that is my own personal journey. I think it's important that we end with that in that real nutrition, like real food, it's not a diet. Like we can be dieting and have a nutrition diet. So your diet is basically the noun of what it is that you do every day. Like it's not dieting, the verb. It is, I, you know, and people say it's a lifestyle and I do think so, but I think really what the key is, is that it's individual and it has to be sustainable. And I don't care what that looks like, but regardless of what it is, you have to learn to build from a foundation. Don't skip the steps else your foundation will crumble. Your house will crumble, sorry, into that foundation. And you have to start right back from square one. Which is effectively what I've done. And it's not that I didn't understand that the foundation was important, but it's almost like my foundation had cracks. So I decided to burn the fucker down. Yeah. And start again. And that's okay. Because how else, and what did you say? We are trying to unlearn and that's true. We have to unlearn and relearn. And that's the state of this, this industry, but in closing, I really do think that it's, it really comes back to what you as a human will, how you identify. And in terms of like your relationship with nutrition and the definition you have, it's not about a specific way to eat. It's more or less like what you want in terms of your health and wellness, lifestyle, likes, dislikes, like that's, it's so much more. And I think we are just so zeroed in on body composition all the time that we never think about the fact, but on the flip side of things, and I'll end it with this. You still have those people out there that will be like, I'm going to eat, I'm going to eat the healthiest way. And you know what? Those people, guess what? Their body composition goals are never reached. You know why? Because they don't understand the basis of calories because they overeat all great food. That's it. That's all I have for you guys. (laughs) We'll leave it at that. Catch you next time. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of Two Worlds Collide. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it and don't forget to tag us at Two Worlds Collide Pod over on Instagram and follow or subscribe on the podcast app of your choice and leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts. These small actions allow us to grow a community of listeners who are ready to make up their own minds and it's the best way for others to find us. Chat to you next week.